Welcome back to Eclectic Soundtracks Podcast. Today we've got a very special guest. We've got Luke Raven. Uh, All originally right. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Originally from hey. Hawaii, but you're LA-based now. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right. And right before we hopped on, I was complimenting your jacket, man. It's, it takes me back to the old school days of, like, high school for me and everything when you know the, the patch jackets and sporting your we'd always write them on uh did you ever do book covers our book covers still a thing we would write our like band name logos all over book covers um i used to i don't know i mean i had a lot of notebooks in high school that i would just put all sorts of random stickers like skate brands and uh you know doodle random stuff on them so I feel like, yeah. Any, probably doing anything to get through the class? Anything to get through there, the boring any, class? Anything to distract me from what I was actually supposed to be doing. Exactly. I know, right? And it's funny. Like, uh, I always think that nowadays, I'm like, man, maybe I, I should have paid attention. It actually sounds like a really interesting subject. But at the time, you're yeah, just like, exactly. God damn it. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> exactly. So, dude, I um, so you're like, just it seems like you're kind of new in the game. I mean, not to say that you haven't been writing songs or singing and stuff for many years and we'll get into all that but you're coming out guns blazing man and i was checking out i think you have five singles at the moment is that correct yes sir and i was listening to them all on spotify today and they're they sound fantastic man the production is is quality dude so props on your music i think it's really cool really hooky really good songs and and super great production man so yeah you're really coming out swinging it's awesome thank you brother i really i really appreciate that it means a lot to me yeah so and i uh, so now let's see i mean we're only in it's so weird right because the last few years is just this weird wait what year just was that 20, 2018 no, or 2021 exactly. who Tell knows <laughs> but am i correct that you hopped on a plane new year's of this year and went to la is that this recent yep, absolutely wow. there, there was no uh fireworks or celebrating for me i was on a six-hour plane flight um from hawaii straight to la and uh yeah, man, it had to be done. That was the only resolution I wanted to make sure that really happened. And, uh, you know, it's my first priority. Awesome. Yeah, cool, man. Well, um, by the way, I just realized the wide view of my camera, and I don't feel like I have to explain this. I don't know anybody <laughs> an explanation. I am at my fiance's place in San Francisco right now, just so the the stuffed animals and the love heart that's so <laughs> no, that's what kind no of worries. that's what kind of sweet guy I am I get actually that's the total lie this is my bedroom <laughs> I was gonna all, say you all, brought those stuffed animals with you right You're, that damn it Vic yeah exactly it <laughs> traveled I, I brought two two suitcases just for the stuffed animals yeah so anyway um here's the thing okay these songs where did you record these songs because I mean this is like boom 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 was this stuff recorded in Hawaii or were you coming over here prior and working with producers or is this stuff you've done I'm really curious about the how these songs came about in the recording process yeah dude that is um that's a great question so all the songs that um or I want to three out of the five songs that are out on Spotify and streaming platforms right now um, were all recorded back home in my basement on my recording setup Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, uh, two of the songs while I was out in LA, actually shooting a music video for one of the previous singles, I was fortunate enough to get some studio time with an awesome producer and, uh, record the vocals for those here. Okay. So, um, yeah, man, but uh, a lot of the, uh, really grindy stuff for those first couple songs, we're all in Hawaii in the basement, recording the stems, um, recording all the guitar stuff and, um, you know, kind of making it come to life. 
Now, I think you had played with some bands in your younger years, right? Like uh, like punk rock and various things, and you've always been into music and playing different instruments in band. What are what what's um what was like your first instrument or in band or kind of tell us how you got started with music initially and when? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always just been an avid music listener, as I'm sure most people are. Um, but uh, I think when I really started getting into like actually making music and playing music per se. It's probably in like middle school, like seventh, eighth grade. And uh, just me and a couple of my buddies from school decided to start like a little, yeah, like a little like punk rock band. Um, and back then I had actually been playing guitar for a couple of years. And um, I was actually ripping lead guitar in, um, in our first little band. Um, yeah, funny, <laughs> funny, um, funny fact. My first band's name um, was called Breathless. And then we later changed the name to Orgies in Spain. Mm. Um, and, you know, at the time, I was probably, you know, I was pretty young. So there were no Orgies in Spain going on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we thought, it, we thought it was badass for the time. And, you know, we were doing mostly covers and stuff like that. And I was playing guitar. And at the time, you know, I'd always loved singing. And um, I'd done a lot of, like, uh, musical theater growing up. So I wasn't, like, shy to performing and uh, singing in front of people. But... I wasn't like super confident in my voice. So I was just playing guitar at the time. And, um, you know, we had like a bassist drummer and a lead singer. So that was cool. And we did that for like a couple of years. And then eventually, you know, we kind of went our separate ways. Um, and, you know, we all got, you know, thought we were too cool for that stuff in high school, started playing sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it was probably towards the end of my high school career that I uh, kind of fell back into my whole emo punk rock phase and, um, yeah, man, I started listening to a ton of, uh, stuff that I grew up on and got super into like kind of more hardcore, like metal screamo type of stuff. Um, but I also sang in the choir in high school as well. So that was kind of, uh, something cool that I was able to, I guess, have a little bit of traditional training as far as singing goes and performing, but it wasn't it really wasn't until I graduated high school and was in my first year um in college at uh, uh manoa on the island um, of oahu mm. um yeah and i just it really it really all started with me and a couple of my buddies just you know finding youtube type beats and uh freestyling little raps um then one of my buddies got a, a mic and a little mixing board and started playing around with that kind of stuff recording like soundcloud rap demos um you know and looking back now they're pretty uh pretty terrible but for the time, yeah. we thought we were, you know, the next up type of deal. Vic has a ton of those SoundCloud rap videos, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I do. Every, I feel like every every artist goes through that goes through that right. Little phase. That's kind of like um, your entry these days, right? It's like you got to do some SoundCloud, get your feet wet. Well, yeah, the great thing about SoundCloud is they make it so easy for anybody to kind of, you know, get started with, you know, with releasing music. Whereas, you know, Spotify right. and Apple Music and YouTube make it a little bit trickier. Um, but yeah, it's kind of where I started, and then. It's about six months to a year into college. I decided, you know, I always really struggled in school in general. So I kind of went to college because I felt like I had to. And it was just like the mm. thing to do. Um, but I wasn't like stoked on it. So after about a year of just, you know, skipping all my classes and not really doing much uh, besides recording SoundCloud demos, I decided to drop out. And, um, you know, my parents were pretty upset, but they kind of gave me two options. They were like either, you know, you get a full time job and just start working like everybody else or you know we'll support you in kind of finding your passion in life 
And, you know, so I kind of did a lot of reflection, realized that, you know, music's always been something I've just been in love with. My childhood dream was to grow up and be a rock star, bring rock back. Um, it's kind of, you know, that's what I always used to tell my dad because he's a, you know, huge rock and roll fan as well. So, um, yeah, once I dropped out, I just decided to really like kind of try to take it to the next level. I started working with other musicians and uh, some other producers that actually, you know, kind of knew what they were doing <laughs> and uh, just really practice on my writing and writing stuff every day even just like poetry and just, you know, random rhymes I would hear out through the day and then kind of applying that to different concepts for songs I started to write. And over the last year and a half, two years, I was able to actually, you know, in my opinion, write some pretty cool songs and was fortunate enough to work with some really talented people to bring those to life. And it's kind of led me to where I am right here. Yeah, nice. And I, I think uh, you kind of explained that question I had about, you know, I love that vibe, man, of, you know, you being a younger guy and having great pop sensibility and having that element in your music for sure. And, you know, there's like a nice kind of eclectic spread, but there's definitely the rock element. I like that you come from that background and had that kind of passion about it. And obviously if your dad's a big rock fan, that kind of makes sense. And so then I look at your jacket and I'm like, ah, okay. So you probably got some cool, right. You got a good uh, foundation and a good education in, in the, in the rock world, I guess, coming from him. Yeah, man. When I was younger, I just, I just absolutely loved the the OGs, classic rock bands. I mean, my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin. Um, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, Guns N' Roses. I mean, basically anyone you can find in this jacket, right. I've heard all their music and just absolutely adore. Um, so yeah, that that kind of early influence just really carried with me through high school and through uh, you know my young adult years. Um, I just turned 21 recently, so um, you know. I've joined the the big kid world, but uh, I still feel like I'm, you know, that punk rock kid from middle school. Yeah, trying to trying to live that out as long as Dove possible. right into so, the uh, big kid LA pond, like you went ex- all the way. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what you got to do, so, man. That's awesome. That's cool. What part of LA yeah, are you in? I, I I used to live there many years back. I'm curious what part you're in. I um I live in North Hollywood right now. Okay, that was my old stomping ground, man. I like that area. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool spot. I used to be over off of uh, Burbank and and Laurel Canyon, kind of. I guess that's Valley Village almost in that area. Yeah, I think um, Burbank's super close to me. Yeah, yeah, right off the 170 over there. Let's just turn this into a big California talk, Vic. You can (laughs) just sit there and listen to us sound like assholes. Yeah, and then you get on the 101. (laughs) It's all right. I I honestly don't even know like how to get around here at all still. So. Uh, yeah, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Every street just goes forever. Get on it, and it'll take you. We'll get there eventually. Um, as long as I got Apple Maps, I'm all right. Oh, dude, I know, right? Like, that was... See, that was back to, like, 20 years ago, and that was, like... I don't know how the hell I ever found... Well, how the hell did we ever do anything without GPS? I don't know. I was, <laughs> Baffling, I was dude. It really is. I well, remember having a big-ass gas station. Map. Yeah, yep. yeah, and I remember big having ass a, big, a big map and all that, but, like, I was just looking That's at hilarious. some crazy thing last night with my fiance. Where you can track ships and boats all over the world. She was like, check out my latest nerdy hobby. And it was like an app where you can look at all the cargo ships and fishing boats. And I was just like fascinated, dude. It was like, I was like, I love maps. This is amazing. And it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, none of that existed 20 years ago or some shit. No. I know. It, that's, that's People just wandered about. the streets. Yeah. I um, I can't. I mean, I get lost using the GPS. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'd fare with a, like a paper map. Uh, 
So what? So early influences, obviously, and you were like citing some of my absolute all-time favorite bands there as well. And as a guitar player, I mean, guys like Gilmore and Page and all that stuff, of course, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I feel like every musician, right? You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta do your research and go back and you see where things come from, right? That's that's with anything. And these classic rock guys who borrowed from the blues guys, et cetera, it goes on and on and on. But I mean, it's just like it's baffling to me when like I love that man. I think that's so awesome that you have that background. It's just weird when you sort of just start here and you're like, no, no, dude, you got to go way back, man. You got to listen to all this stuff and see how it kind of changed and where all these ideas are. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And what's amazing about those guys was the, how innovative, you know, innovative they had to be back then. Right now we're very like these days we're like cut and paste, try this. You know, you got all your uh, plugins and all that kind of stuff. These guys were, I've read stuff about Pink Floyd and all these old bands that, I mean, the innovation of what those guys did in the studio, right? And all these things that happened to Abbey Road and the Beatles and George Martin. It's just like, it's amazing. And you, too, it's like not only is it the songwriting aspect of performing aspect of it, but you're actually recording, engineering, producing your own music to a pretty high degree is what I, is what it's sounding like, right? You're doing a lot of the self-recording yeah, man. So a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I did early on, you know, the first couple of singles I've dropped, um, I did. A, I really orchestrated the the whole thing. Um, I didn't play. I didn't really play any of the instruments. Um, I haven't played guitar in a couple of years, so I'm a little rusty. And I'm fortunate to have some um, some really close friends from high school that really ripped the guitar and um, have a little bit of a production skill higher than mine. So yeah, I just really you know. Very basic in the basement with the mic on a computer. Mm-hmm. Had a friend with the guitar, plug it in to my little sound box, and we just you know kind of made it made it happen. And um, you know, basically started like that, and then we would write to it and just have these crazy basement sessions, just me and a couple of my guy friends. And uh, you know, once we thought we had a pretty cool demo, we you know show a bunch of people, see what they think, and then I'd uh, bounce all the stems and um, send it off to an engineer to kind of you know make it pop a little bit. Okay. So you take it, you do all the recording and send it out to someone to mix basically. And yeah. So my, uh, I do have some general knowledge on, uh, like vocal engineering type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea how to like produce a beat properly. Like I can record instruments. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like I have a really good ear for kind of like what I want on a song and, for me, it's like easy to direct other people into sure. what I think, you know, I, I think they need to do to make this song pop. And um, so, yeah, in a sense, I am very involved in the production, but a lot of like, you know, the very detailed stuff, I've, uh, I've had a lot of help from some really talented people. Uh, just curious, what do you use in terms of like, what is your, what program do you use in your interface and stuff like that? I've been using for like the last two years, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's a DAW called Studio One Four. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, oh, Studio One 4 and 5. I have both, but I actually like Studio One 4 a little bit better. Um, but yeah, man, just for, uh, just for recording purposes and um, some basic, like, uh, you know, demo mixing just to have a quick little listen. It's super sure. uh, user-friendly, and um, I learned basically everything about mixing off of YouTube and had no, like, real training. So it was, uh, you know, it was just, I just tried to make it as easy as possible for me without using, like, Audacity or something. Yeah, that, um, that's the... Uh another thing about nowadays having that youtube man i mean it can be a rabbit hole but i've I've gotten so much of that at two lately i've just been like all like geeking out on you know ear training stuff and uh and theory stuff and all this and like uh but i've watched some I'll audio down the know, production hole, videos too on oh, what? me too bro don't worry 
like the frequency spectrum and all. What do you, what, what specifically are you talking about, Vic? Oh no, I, I'll go down a rabbit hole, and it's something like building a shelter in the dirt, watching these dudes dig out pits in the dirt. <laughs> the survivalists. Yeah, there's like yeah. Any, like literally anything in the world. You want to know? Like it's freaking oh, it's, someone's yeah. doing on YouTube, man. You can do a step by step process of it. <laughs> it, it, could, it. Yeah, man. Like a couple um, of weeks ago, it was. You know, another artist that I was looking at, he had like a little uh, mini documentary on YouTube that was pretty cool. And then for whatever reason, I got into this whole survivalist thing the other day. That's like your MO, though, Vic. Like you're, you know, that, you know, training and aren't you doing like a strongman competition? And like in uh, Hawaii, am I not? Yeah, in Hawaii, Hawaii, right? Hawaii of all things. Spartan race. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's really awesome. Is that always held in different places, or is this something that is a, a, a Hawaii th- that they always do it there? No, it's all over. Oh, okay. What, what, are, what part of Hawaii are you from, Luke? Um, what part of Hawaii? Yeah. So I uh, I moved to Hawaii when I was 11 years old, um, and specifically to the island of Kauai, okay. which is the, uh, the northernmost island. And um, it's one of the smaller communities. There's about, like, 60,000 people that live there year round. Um, it's considered to be one of the more uh, tropical and like, uh, I guess, less um, infrastructured out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, yeah, it feels, it's very raw in its beauty and it, um, nature is kind of, you know, the whole thing there. It's absolutely gorgeous. It was incredible to grow up there. And um, yeah, I mean, I would recommend anybody that's visiting Hawaii to stop by Kauai and check it out. Is that where you're going to be, Vic? No, I'm going to be in Oahu. But I, I've been wanting to go back and go to like Maui or Kauai. I was going to ask you if you'd been there. You have been to Hawaii. I've never been. Yeah, just once before. Yeah, yeah, a while back. Like, was that military or was that uh, vacation? No, it was for work. For work. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, post where post are you military f- work. <laughs> where are you from originally, Luke? I thought you were from Hawaii. Um. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm actually originally from Jersey on the East Coast. Ah, okay. Um, that yeah, explains whole, a lot. I was yeah. like, this dude doesn't look like he's from Hawaii. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm uh, yeah. I was born in Jersey. My whole dad's side of the family is from Massachusetts. My mom, um, my mom's from Jersey as well. And um, my parents met in uh, college in Jersey and had me a couple years after they got married. And um, I grew up there for like like I said, my first like eleven years. And then, um, yeah, we decided to go to do a family vacation out to Hawaii one day, and we just kind of fell in love with the place and made the crazy leap of faith out there, and it's been a wild ride ever since. Cool. Yeah. that's I, I love the – it's not really a triangle, but I'll call it a triangle. I don't know where it's coming from. I mean, you go Jersey – like, you go extremes, right? It's not like – I li- used to live in Jersey, but now I live in – you know, Philadelphia, like right down the road. No, yeah. you're like Jersey all the way to freaking Hawaii, all the way to LA. Now growing up, I mean, you were only a kid, but did you ever go into New York city? I imagine probably so, right? You're kind of hopping a skip. Yeah. Um, I've been to, I've been to New York a few times. Um, I don't remember it like really vividly. Um, just cause I was pretty young at the time. I spent a lot more time in Boston and in Massachusetts. Um, that's cause it's a lot of, a lot of my dad's side of the family is over there still. Right. And, um, but yeah, I, I, abs- I love the East coast. I think it's really beautiful. Um, the cities over there are awesome, but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it is kind of crazy. I, I thought of that like that too. You know, East Coast to Hawaii, then up to the West Coast. So, a little yeah, bit of a man. triangle. Run the gamut. Yeah. What's next, so Alaska? Yeah. You're gonna have to hit Alaska next. next. <laughs> Juno's biggest new star. <laughs> That's the one. Sit Juno or, or Anchorage. That's it. That's my knowledge of Alaskan cities. Yeah, I I really don't know much. So my geography is um, not exactly on point. <laughs> Jersey's on the other side of the country from LA. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's, New York and LA. Nothing else matters. Yeah, Austin's cool, I guess. Nashville's pretty <laughs> happening, man. You ever talk to anybody there? There's a lot of producers in Nashville. Yeah, actually, um, I uh, I want to say I've worked with a producer that was over in Nashville. He's, he's back in LA now, but um, I worked with the producer from there. And actually, um, the my buddy from high school that I was talking about earlier, who plays a lot of the guitar on a couple of my earlier singles he goes to uh he goes to school out in nashville so he tells me all about okay. that he says there's you know a pretty incredible music scene out there yeah that is a business town and there's a lot of talent there's a lot of production and songwriting I've, I've known a lot of people that i met um either before la or out in la that have migrated either to nashville or austin or vegas um i don't know i'm about to go to vegas for my first time here in like a week and i'm stoked man i've heard some cool things about it but um, I know that some of those towns, like Nashville and Austin, First time. just got blown. I know, right? It's crazy. Um, so we might not see you again. Yeah, there's a. I was. Yeah, dude, Luke. Thanks for being our last guest on the eclectic soundtracks. I'm just gonna pull. Like, yeah, I'm done, dude. I'm gonna go to Vegas and become a showgirl. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, that's funny. So. Let's talk about um, what are some of your more modern influence. Obviously, you got the rock, classic rock background, and you definitely hear that in the music, but in a, but with a kind of a modern twist that I thought was really cool. I love the way, as someone who's like a rock fan, and I, I totally be honest too. Like, and one cool thing about doing this podcast and being a music teacher and just being involved in music in a lot of ways and producing and working with different people is like, for me, it makes you keep an open mind because it's real easy to kind of fall back on of course we all have our favorite things right and you kind of have but i you know it's really easy to just listen to a soundbite of something we're such a soundbite culture these days anyway and and either love it or hate it and dismiss it immediately and make assumptions about everything right and so like what's cool is like going okay cool i'm gonna check out this dude's music and then we're like really sitting there and listen to it and absorbing all that's coming out of it and be like wow this is really cool and not having like a tendency to go like, oh, this is like too modern or I don't like it for without even giving it a chance, right? And so for me, it's like I love that the rock element like hit me and I was like, yeah, dude, I can I could tell you had that influence, right? But there's yeah. so much more going on too. And especially like I keep coming back to the word production because for all that, there's just a lot of cool little bells and whistles and ear candy and and, and for lack of a better word, like a, more of a modern sound, just a big modern sound. But what are some, and you mentioned earlier, like the SoundCloud rapping and freestyling and stuff like that. So I guess there's some hip hop background, but tell us about some of your maybe post rock influences from when you were younger. Uh, some, yeah, just some other genres or, or artists that have been big influences on you as well. Yeah, man, absolutely. So like I said, besides, you know, growing up on like kind of the OG rock bands, um, I was fortunate to kind of uh, get a really good uh, music palette early on. My parents just my parents love all sorts of stuff, and they had me listening to Eminem as a baby in the car. <laughs> um, so I've always been obviously a huge hip hop fan as well. Um, I went through a total like you know rap hip hop phase in high school, and I listened to a lot of that stuff when I was younger too. 
And um, I love, I mean, I, it's hard to say because I just really, I, I have a like pretty much appreciation for all genres. You know, I, I try not to right. hop on the, the hate bandwagon for any reason, um, especially now that I've kind of dove deeper into being an artist. You know, you can really appreciate you totally. know, that people have different sounds and styles and cultural backgrounds and, you know, all the different elements that go into making an artist and a song. Um, so I really, you know, I, I draw inspiration and, uh, you know, kind of listen to a lot of different stuff. Obviously, you know, like I said, I look, my, my heart's with rock and roll, but yeah, man, a lot, like I said, a lot of early on inspirations besides rock was like, you know, I, I love Eminem. Um, I love, <laughs> I, I loved a lot of the OG, like, you know, West coast rappers and East coast rappers, huge Biggie and Pac fan, mm -hmm. um, NWA, Snoop Dogg. Um, all those, I used to bump those guys all the time. Um, still do actually. And then, um, yeah, I mean, my dad's a huge country fan, so I even have an appreciation for country. I know a lot of people dog on that. Um, but, uh, I'd love country as well. Um, EDM yeah. house music. I mean, it, it goes on and on, but I feel like, you know, I've just kind of let those early influences kind of carry through the years. And, um, you know, I listen to a variety of new artists obviously i'm super into like what the kind of new rock scenes looking like with guys like you know mgk and mod sun and those characters and of course you know all the new poppin rappers the drakes little babies etc um so yeah I'm, I'm really just fascinated in music in general so it's cool to see how it's evolved over the years and i think what's really exciting now is that i, I see a lot of genres kind of meshing together and a lot of artists that maybe wouldn't have worked with each other in the past kind of coming together making really unique music and i think that's pretty incredible yeah 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 i agree man and um i i feel the same way too and i i mean we all have our opinions and it's subjective highly subjective i i'd say it's like we can all there's certain things like you listen to dark side of the moon or something and abbey road it's hard to not to deny that that's like not a piece of wow you know wow you know yeah, or to absolutely. say like i mean you could say like i don't like listening to beethoven because it's just boring to me but you can't deny that it's genius right you just you can't no, deny absolutely. that right um absolutely. and then there's other there are other things where i think it's more like i mean this guy is kind of just mumbling into a microphone and hitting a casio keyboard not that that it's not that it's like okay um but it's subjective right is that genius i don't know but i mean the point is is it's kind of cool we live in this uh, in a day where it's all there for anybody to go find and it's yeah. like and, and, you, and you can and that's it you can have your opinions about anything and listen to so much stuff and vic and i talk shit and joke on the podcast but it's all sort of been fun and, and jess and we won't put you on the spot on the spot like that because it's just <laughs> but we're just it's just joking around and i think a lot of we live in you know, obviously, we know the culture we live in right now. A lot of people get very uptight and upset by one little joke. And I have a huge yeah. personal respect for comedians <laughs> because we need that. We need to just be able to laugh at what a, you know, how ridiculous so many things are sometimes. And just because you poke fun at something doesn't mean you like it. I mean, someone could shit all over something I love. And I'm like, it's your opinion and might even do it in a funny way. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think you've got the total right attitude, especially as an artist. And where I was going with this is I think, and I know I've experienced this too. It's very, it's very different when you are an artist yourself and you're creating art and you're putting yourself out there and you're being vulnerable. You're a lot less likely to just shit all over everyone else's stuff because you know what it takes. You know how hard it is. You know, like you said, the confidence, whether it's to put a song out there to perform for years and years. 
I would do cover songs, you know, like the same thing you said, right? It was because you're, you're kind of afraid to expose yourself, right? And so I think it's admirable to anybody who does that just for starters, and you're, you're always going to get better and find your way. And I think for you, it's, you've really come out, like I said, you've really come out the gate strong. Like it does not sound like, oh, listen, this, this guy, you know, with his sound. No, this is like, holy shit, this is really good stuff, you know? But yeah, man, I think, uh, I like that you pull from a lot of influences, and I like your answer to that in terms of like, you know, having an open mind and not so easy to criticize, especially when it's what you do. It's just, um, it's not easy, man. You know, and I, I actually do respect anyone who puts themselves out there. Um, kind of looking over some stuff here, man. You want to get into, um, so let's talk about you, you know, we talked about dropping out of college and kind of, I guess, kind of just never being super into school, struggling with that a little bit. Addiction, getting into alcohol, stuff like that, maybe, I guess, in your teen years. And so one thing I think that's cool what you're doing now with music is you're really trying to use it as a vehicle to inspire other people. And it sounds like just what I was talking about and what you were saying, it's like inspire them in terms of like to go after your dreams. Don't be afraid, you know, put yourself out there. And, and also like, yeah, there is a path. There's definitely a better, you know, something better than there's so much addiction. There's so many pitfalls. People can be addicted just about anything. Right. And, uh, it just takes such focus, you know? And so I think that's cool that you've, you know, I guess cleaned up for lack of a better word or become, really hyper focused with what you want out of music in your career and you're trying to use that as a positive message to other people. Tell us a little bit about your background in that capacity. Yeah, absolutely, man. I would love to do that. Um you know, for me, my kind of I guess you could say mission statement for music and uh kind of what I want to create as an artist is um yeah, definitely, you know, pieces of work that uh not only are really personal and meaningful to me, which you know, I think is a really important key in making great music, um, but you know, also something that can be digested by a listener, and you know, maybe it doesn't exactly apply to their life circumstances, but you know, through the emotion, how they portray the lyrics, and you know, just whatever elements of the song that captured them, you know, it might be able to help them, inspire them, um, you know, help heal them in a sense, um, the same way a lot of music has done that for me. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of times I talk about, you know, struggling with things in the past, like you said, with mental health, addiction, um, you know, just a variety of, you know, nowadays pretty, uh, you know, general things that I feel like a lot of people do struggle with, or at least now it's more out in the open. Um, so I kind of felt like it was really important to me to share my story, you know, spread light on a lot of things that I feel like, you know, maybe don't get spoken about enough and, or at least in the right manner. And I just really wanted to, you know, affect the people that were listening to my music in a positive way. You know, the only fear I've really ever had in life was, you know, leaving this world and not have, you know, not having have made a, you know, positive impact on the people around me. Mm-hmm. So when it you know when it when I really think about it it's like for me the biggest impact on my life and a huge kind of process of my healing and self growth has been through music listening to music making music writing through a lot of my issues um writing has been such an incredible thing for me it's helped me like release so much stuff that I didn't even realize I was holding in um I mean, sometimes I've, I've some of these songs I've written, I, you know, I actually, you know, I bring myself to tears just from like writing these lyrics, but it can be such a powerful thing. And I think, um, 
you know, when you put that kind of energy to a song, the audience listeners, they will, they will resonate with that. And, you know, they can feel where you're coming from. And I know there's a lot of people that struggle with similar issues. And I think it's really important that I, um, do whatever I can to help them as, you know, other artists have helped me and other people have helped me. And, you know, I think that's just, for me, that's like really the most important thing about doing all this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, this takes me back to kind of what I was ranting on a minute ago and I'm not really a rant. Vic's heard me rant. Um, I'm, I'm trying to not rant today, but, my big thing, you know, for my <laughs> side, they're, they're too sensitive, man. Yeah. They're too sensitive. Uh, my big thing is like, and it, that's why genre is irrelevant, right? I think, and, and you know, the music itself is subjective, but what, for me, what I tend to resonate with beyond anything else is, is kind of what you're talking about. I feel like if it comes from a genuine place, right? You know, that old country music that's telling a story or, uh, you know, when you can feel the passion, when you can feel the message, when you just know that it's something genuine, that is to me when I feel like, and I think that's such an intangible subconscious, right? Human emotional thing yeah, you know we don't absolutely. even necessarily realize it i think performing is the same way it's very intangible but i think a crowd can sense you know when there's the vibe and the and the feeling coming from the band and whether or when they're just sort of phoning it in or whatever right and that's as human beings we vibe off of that stuff and maybe even animals i mean that's such, i think that's such a deep universal thing that to me it's like that is what i enjoy the most in, in a lot of music that i listen to is when and, the, and it's personal right because everything hits us different personally but when you resonate that's what that tends to be the music we truly really love that really moves us because it means something it doesn't sound contrived to me right um yeah, and man, so i think absolutely. like yeah so like having that idea behind your music and that emotion the emotional quality like you said of writing the lyrics like you're automatically i think creating the music in a way that is going to resonate, you know, cause it's coming from the right place in that manner. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think just to kind of add on to that, um, you know, I think the really powerful thing about music in general is that it, you know, it brings people together and it kind of shows, you know, how connected and similar we all really are despite our differences on, you know, how we grew up cultural stuff, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, I've listened to songs that don't apply to my life at all, but even then I'm, I can feel the energy behind the song and, you know, mm -hmm. I can really resonate with what that artist was going through and apply it to my own life. So, you know, that's why, you know, just kind of double down on what I was saying. I think that's why it's so important to, um, you know, put that emotion, that energy, that kind of raw, vulnerable feeling into your music and writing. And, you know, I think that's, that's really important because you never know how somebody's going to perceive it or how it's going to help them. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's kind of in a bigger sense. Like I think, like you said, like almost like uh, there. Maybe not everyone has that desire, but I feel like it's somewhat of an inherent desire in a lot of us to to do something that impacts this world in a positive way. And the, the cool thing about that, what's so interesting, is sometimes as an artist, but even as I think just about anybody in this world, like I think most of us probably do that and don't even realize it from day to day. And it's kind of cool sometimes when you step back and you realize even the little victories, the little impacts you had, like, you know, like Vic, you'll say sometimes like, keep your world small, you know, and, and you don't get, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with just this influx of information endlessly in the internet technological age, but you just stay focused and true to yourself. Like that there's this ripple effect, I think that comes from that. And that really can, you would be surprised. I think most people probably had just how big of an impact, you know, is actually had, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely, man. 
Yeah, but so much of that is just coming from the right place, man. You know, well, let's talk about um, so like pop influences. Um, who what do you who do you see now that like in kind of the pop world that's really influential to you? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Um, so like I said, I, I absolutely love pop. Um, I think you know pop and rock definitely kind of go hand in hand too now, which is really cool. And you see a lot of kind of blend between the genres, and that's kind of the avenue I'm heading towards and have been kind of developing. Um, you're going to hear that with a lot of my new music as well, kind of bringing in a little bit more of that pop element with, um, you know, a little bit of that rock vibe as well. Um, I think it just makes for great music and really good energy and nice to listen to. So as far as, uh, you know, people that have inspired me and that I've always loved listening to, you know, this is super cliche, but I mean, can't deny how incredible Justin Bieber is and artists like him. Um, I guess even some of Post Malone stuff as well. I know he's a little bit on the hip hop and even rock side now too, but just, you know, I think he makes a lot of pretty cool pop music. Um, Ed Sheeran. Didn't um, Post Malone collaborate you know, with, with Ozzy? Right. Yeah. Isn't that, that a recent thing? He's, 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 he dabbles in a lot of different stuff, yeah. which I think is really cool. And you, you know, know what's cool about those guys. And I know that those names, right. Again, I, Vic and I always joke about this. Like you got the you guys in your forties who are like Slayer death. And it's like, really, bro? Like, come on, man. You know, like <laughs> Slayer's cool and all, but come on, dude. You know, it's like, there's a lot of music out there and there's a lot of cool stuff. But to me, it's like, when I say, I, and I'll be honest, I don't really know much of Justin Bieber's music, but like, uh, but it's, I've heard guys, and a lot of times they'll do a double take, and it tends to be the case with these big stars like that. You kind of dismiss them, and you get in this, you know, pop world, and they're very. It's kind of that iconic, you know, you know, female, you know, sex symbol, and all the girls are all goo yeah. over it, and the yeah. guys are like, yeah, fuck Justin Bieber, or whatever. But I mean, to be fair, like there is a reason, like there's a talent there, and I feel like guys like him, he can play multiple instruments and stuff like that, and. uh I think Post Malone's the same way. And now Ed Sheeran, I probably have seen more of than, than any of those guys. And that dude's awesome, man. Like, I oh, think absolutely. that guy's killer, a, a killer musician. Um, so, yeah, I think that gets kind of tossed to the side sometimes when you start p- thinking of pop guys. Like, they're just singers. But I think nine times out of ten, those guys, like you're saying, they very much especially know what they want in terms of as a writer, as an arranger, a lot of times they're very hands-on producing. I mean, I know Michael Jackson was very much like that. You know, I don't even know what instruments he played. I'm sure he dabbled in some stuff, but super hands-on, knew what he wanted. Great performer. I mean, Michael Jackson probably seems like he set the bar for so much in terms of, you know, what has, what has come after him in pop. Um, Absolutely. That's one of my that's yeah. one of my all-time favorites, man. I love Michael. Yeah, dude. Um, it's hard not to. <laughs> Yeah, and that man, what a freaking voice, dude! Um, Absolutely, man. Don't ever go off your rocker very... that far, though, man. We're we're don't <laughs> don't pull an MJ, dude. You're cool the no, way you no. are, man. Yeah, man. Well, no, he he that poor bastard, though. Stuff, like, but you know, yeah. I was watching some yeah, old no. uh, old school Jackson videos, man. Remember that, dude? Yeah, we, we so we had a guy on the podcast once. This is hilarious. This guy Jeff Lewis, oh, yeah. who lives out in LA. He actually lives in LA. And, uh, God damn it, I can't think of the area. It's near, um, uh, hell, I can't think what the, what the area is. But he's got a little studio out there called Moonlight Studios. And I've, uh, he's done some mm-hmm. remote stuff with me before, and I've recorded there before. A cool guy. He plays, I mean, he's been playing trumpet. I didn't even know this was a thing. What was it? A trombone? Uh, what did he call that thing? A trombone? Oh, it looked like um, a freaking trumpet. A valve trombone? Tr- yeah. And all, every, right. all these brass, right? Anyway, he played with the Jacksons in like the 70s. Oh, wow. And I was just awesome listening to this guy, 
you know, talking to artists, the caliber of artists he's played with. I mean, he's a phenomenal musician. That's incredible. But, um, but he was saying when he met Michael Jackson, Michael was very much like, hi, real soft voice. And he was like, yeah, he was like saving his voice. And I was like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense that he would be mm-hmm. kind of soft spoken because he, you know, relaxed vocal cords when he's not performing. And I knew another guy that worked with Michael Jackson was like, yeah, you couldn't even be in the same room with him when he was singing because it was so, so loud, you know. And apparently yeah, he used absolutely. to, I think it was something I read that he used to dance like they knew when they had a good take because Michael Jackson had a little dance platform or some bullshit where he'd start dancing in the in the control room and they're like, all right, this is the one. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes for a good MJ story. Yeah, I'm not so, sure. Take but, notes. Um, yeah, get yourself a dance platform. So what's next, man? Are you now that you're in LA? Is the plan to kind of be? I'm, I'm. So were you doing a lot of file bouncing and stuff? And I guess a lot of this is. I mean, like everywhere in the world, right? During the pandemic. And Hawaii, there's probably not a lot you can do. So are you bouncing files back and forth with producers and stuff like that? Is that kind of how you were working? Yeah, man. So uh, especially, yeah, especially during the pandemic stuff, I, um, like I said, a lot of the um, first draft stems and stuff, I just recorded in my basement with my buddies. And, um, you know, we would just, some of the songs, we, we even just um, mic'd the amp. Like we didn't even plug the guitar into the computer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. so it's like we didn't really know we were, yeah exactly um because you know i thought I really, I really wanted to get that kind of you know classic guitar sound per se um yeah but uh yeah so a lot of the songs we just we would record the original stems of the demo i would mix and master a little demo just for you know uh reference purposes to kind of decide mm-hmm. what we liked and what we thought had really good potential and what maybe didn't um and then yeah it was it was basically i would send uh, files to producers out here. Um, there were there was a producer. There's a producer back home on Kauai that I worked with quite a bit too. He's a really talented guy, and I was able to work with him kind of a little bit more hands on because he had a studio um, like five minutes away from where I lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was sending stems, um, sending mixed drafts back and forth, and kind of just making little adjustments until we thought it was just right. Um, which is completely different than kind of how I'm doing it now. You know, being out in LA. I've, been in the studio a lot more than i've ever been before and um you know it's kind of cool you get to do a lot of it in the studio and yeah but yeah uh is there a very is there a one particular studio you're working out of or are you jumping around trying different places i've been um you know i'm kind of just going wherever the wind takes me (laughs) um you know i'm not like i don't really have like a set space i've been going to this pretty cool studio called very special um which uh it's like 20 minutes away from where i am but some really cool guys over there I've been working with and uh but I've also been to some like kind of home studio setups and some more like smaller private spaces just where you know not like huge spaces but still have really good equipment and mm-hmm. you know just get the vibe going I'm not like yeah, I'm think- not like I'm not super picky. It's more just, you know, do I mess with the people I'm working with and then we'll make something happen. That's it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's all about vibe. I think, man, I mean, you obviously got to work with people. I think that's the same way when a band and everything and just about anything, right. You got to have, of course it's, there's an expectation of like, okay, like this guy's an engineer, you know, needs to know how to work the gear and this guy's needs to know how to play guitar, whatever the case may be. But if the vibe isn't right, you know, so I I think that's beyond all probably the most important. I want to talk about, you know, you said you, so you're shooting for an album later this year or what? Yeah, man, that's the, that's the goal right now. All right, and is that album going to be all new material, or are you sort of releasing singles that then will culminate into an album? I think um, kind of what I'm feeling right now, would, you know, I'm going to drop 
hopefully a cut well definitely a couple really banging singles over the next couple months to a year um and kind of you know put my all into those singles you know record really great videos for them really good content around them you know bring those songs to life and um you know hopefully after we have a couple really established songs that um you know i feel really good about then yeah i'd like to make a make an album out of you know with some new material maybe pick two three of the singles that i think really represent whatever the theme of the album's going to be mm-hmm. and you know have those in there um but yeah you know hopefully it'll be a lot of new material that i you know i'm going to be working on the next couple of months what is the order of what's your latest single you've got another you've got a new single coming out is it april 28th am i right in that day um, a- april 8th yeah my new single oh, april is called, 8th yeah my new single is okay. called another day it's coming out april 8th um which is super exciting. Um, I haven't announced this anywhere yet, but there also is a music video dropping the same day. Oh, nice. Um, which okay, is cool. going to be super sick as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be my, um, it's going to be my, well, it's going to be the second single I've dropped since I've been out in LA, but the, like the first single that I've like made all the way out in LA, like if that makes sense. Got yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> the other, the other song had been ma- already made in Hawaii. So what was your last single? Goodbye or my, I don't know. Which um, one was the, it? the one, the latest release that's out right now is a song called kiss me girl. Okay. Um, which, uh, yeah, that was another song we recorded in my basement and, um, you know, through the help of some of really great, some great producers and musicians, you know, ended up being a super banging song. I would recommend checking it out. I think it absolutely slaps. Yeah, dude, and, uh, all these songs, all these songs are killer. I'll plug them for sure because, uh, appreciate good, it, I, I think so I just kind of went down the, I know I just went down the list on Spotify, but goodbye. Yeah, is a yeah. killer track, dude. Love that song. Kiss me girls. Yeah, uh, after that razors, great one, sweet revenge and can't sleep. Those are your five yeah, out yeah. right now. Right? Cool. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. All yeah, man, last, yeah. all last year, right? All those were last released last year. Yeah, was one of those Kiss Me Girl was, Kiss Me Girl is the only one that was released 2022. Oh, this year. Okay. Right, yeah. Right. Kiss Me Girl is the only nice. one released 2022. And then, um, yeah, the song Another Day, which is coming out April 8th, will be the first, um, you know, LA-based song, per se. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I think it really, um, you know, you can you can really hear and see the development as for me as an artist. And, you know, hopefully... Uh, people will really mess with it I, I really mess with it so yeah what are your thoughts on uh, or uh, in terms of have you done much performing or it's you're 100 percent right now just writing and recording i mean you're cranking out the tunes man so is that like that sounds like it's the big focus what are your what are your um ambitions in terms of the future kind of do you have a anyone in mind for a band or is that like you'll, you'll worry about that down the line kind of thing yeah, so for me right now, you know, I've, I've been performing my whole life, whether it was, you know, like I said, uh, being in high school bands or uh, doing musical theater, singing in the choir. Like, I've always been performing, but uh, unfortunately, you know, due to the pandemic, a lot of my new material, I was never able to actually perform live, right? Um, which was definitely a bummer. But, um, you know, now that's kind of on its way out. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, hopefully get to perform some of these songs soon and meet some of my fans at a uh, live show. So, that's definitely something that's coming up and I'm super excited about, but yeah, obviously still focus on the music, but, um, I think, you know, performing live and, uh, like you said, making that, uh, in-person energetic connection with the, the audience and the fans is going to be really important. And I'm really excited to do that. Any particular venues that you're, uh, 
like bucket list I got to play here type places, either L.A. or Jersey or anywhere else? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, I've honestly not never really thought about that. I think for me, like as far as venues go, I think a really special one for me would probably be the um, Aloha Stadium in Hawaii. Um, it would be uh, kind of like pretty incredible for me to perform there. You know, it's a pretty decent sized venue. It's pretty big. So most, most of the time it's not filled out unless like a big artist goes there. I know we've had like Trippy Red and Cardi B and stuff over there and Migos and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, I think it'd be pretty incredible to go over there and all my friends from back home be able to come see that show. And, you know, a lot of the people that really helped me get started on this journey kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be a part of that. So that's really important to me. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty, you know, famous venues that I'd love to perform at one day, but I don't, I really don't, I don't even know like that many, like what's a pop in LA venue. I just, I, I really haven't been out here that long. Whiskey a go-go? I don't know. Yeah, whiskey go-go. I heard the Viper the, Room is closing or closed, yeah, man. Have you, I, been, I, have you been down on Sunset? Is that still there? What's up with that? Yeah, man, I've been to Sunset a few times, um, and I've, I haven't been in the Viper Room. I've driven past it, but I, I think it was some. I think it was. I want to say Nikki Six from Motley Crue made uh, like a post about it, and that's when I first saw that the yeah, it's getting shut down or something, or they're you know doing something to it, but it's not going to be the Viper Room anymore, which is pretty sad. Yeah, man, I know, that, I know that's pretty iconic uh, place to perform for a lot of bands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Like there's certain venues. I mean, when I think of L.A., I mean, we all think of the Sunset Heyday and the Van Halen or Guns N' Roses or even back to Mothers of Invention and, and The Doors, for that matter, for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. Another one of my favorite bands. But like, uh, yeah, you know, the Whiskey, the Roxy, I think that's still there. Um, obviously, the Rainbow is a you know famous place. I remember going out there, you know, when I was probably just a little bit older than you and it was like, Oh my gosh, Hollywood. <laughs> and like, uh, but going to the rainbow was like such a big deal because it was like Guns N' Roses videos and stuff. And it was just like, there was so much like exciting history about it, you know? Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, what, hopefully, it, you know, I'll have an opportunity to perform at some of these places. And uh, I'm sure it'll know. happen. Hopefully, they'll, they'll, be I think they'll stick sure. around. Yeah. Strange to hear about the Viper Room, but, uh, you know, it is. It's like with CBGB closed, man. You probably never went there because you were a kid. I, I guess it's been a while now. Man, shit, maybe that was already closed. Um, what's crazy to think is you were born. Were you born in 2001? Yeah, man. Yeah. Frickin' 9 11, dude. Like, so. Wh- I know. When Were you even alive yet? Yeah, dude. Crazy story. Um, I was. I was born in February 2021. Oh, not 2001. You've got a horrible growing. All right, my new single's yeah. out, and then I'm dead. I'm 45 yeah. years old tomorrow <laughs> and 96 when my single comes out. Exactly. No, um, yeah, I was born in February 2001. Um, so I was born when it happened. And uh, my dad, at the time, was working out of New York and was actually on his way there for a meeting in the oh my god in, the, in one of the towers and wow. um, my mom was watching it live on tv and she was calling him and i'm um, just panicking because she wasn't answering mm-hmm. um and that's because he got stuck thankfully he got stuck in it, it had happened before he got there and he got stuck in the crazy traffic that was caused by it wow and um yeah but that was that was a crazy thing i, I mean i don't remember it obviously i was like just like a baby baby but mm-hmm. um yeah pretty wild the feels like forever ago but it really really wasn't that long it is crazy to think god that that was over 20 years ago now i mean that was 
for Vic and I's generation, that was our Pearl Harbor, for lack of a better way of putting it, right? Just yeah. Or the Kennedy assassination. Every generation has some crazy thing. Well, now yeah, your generation, I guess. Something. Well, now yeah, we got well, COVID. I'm looking at what's happening now is everything that was bad in the 20th century has just happened in like two years in the 21st century. We had a freaking pandemic. Now we got a dude invading freaking, you know, over in Europe. It's just like, what the hell is going on? all over again. Yeah, right when we, yeah, all of a sudden it's the Cold War again. All this shit you didn't have to yeah. grow up with. It's like, you yeah, know, I guess like in your, your generation wasn't like, okay, we're going to have a bomb shelter. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, in case the Russians attack, <laughs> we got to yeah, hide under our desk, you know, hide under your desk. It'll keep you safe from the nukes. Yeah, man. I mean, I also, I often wonder too, you know, maybe just because media and the so in kind of social media as well is just so much um, more developed now that it's like you just hear about so much more crazy stuff so it seems like more is going on or you know maybe it was always this much crazy no i agree shit, you, know, you know what i'm saying yeah, the world's always been fucking crazy for sure that's what i'm yeah. saying it's like you just hear about it now so it's like it seems like way more intense but it's like it's always been there but you know what with on and, and uh on that subject man i want to come back to the mental illness like mental health thing I think a huge percentage of the population, if not everyone, we're all, you know, everyone goes through bouts of depression, but then there's real depression and there's real anxiety and there's real things. And I, I always freely talk about my struggles with the same stuff. And I think musicians and artists struggle with a lot. And, uh, you know, I support foundations. There's something in Austin called the Sims Foundation, which has been very instrumental in helping so many musicians and so many people I know personally. And I didn't even know. I was like, oh, wow, they helped you too. And, you know, this kind of stuff. And, um, but I think a big part of that is because we live in this world now where everything is immediate right at your finger. And there's just so much flying at you all the time. I mean, how could anybody, you know, maintain sanity? You got to get off the grid sometimes, man, and get out and, you know, and I think that comes back to what Vic, you know, was saying about keep your world small and have your things, what you do, and you know, take care of yourself. You, you can you can only do so much, right? But it's so easy to get caught up in this whirlwind. And we just saw it with the whole pandemic, and everyone's fighting and bickering, and has is an expert on everything. And it's like, of course, that's going to drive people mad, you know. And it's it's a kind of just a, a byproduct of the times with all the great things that come with technology. That is definitely. Um, one of the not so great things, you know, and I, so let's talk about that. Cause I think you make a, you, you talk about this, right. In terms of, uh, sort of your generation growing up with this yeah, man. in this world, like that's very hard to deal with. And it's easy for, it's easy to kind of just as a, as a, so, you know, an older generation, I think every older gen- generation hates, you know, <laughs> the younger generations because yeah. the younger generations have more shit. It's easy. They that's just true. have more shit, that's true. but there's always, um, you know, there's there's always pitfalls that come with all that, right? There's and it comes at a price, I think, and it's certainly the world is not simpler. It's much more complex, much more demanding in some aspects, and in a different in a different way, right? Um, so yeah, yeah what's your experience in that, and like, how do you help people there? Like, what's your advice on sort of coping with that as a young person? Yeah, absolutely, bro. I would love to talk about that. I think um, that's actually something I'm like really interests me. Um, so I think as far as technology goes, and especially social media, which I think, you know, is probably the biggest uh, factor in the mental health aspects of this mm-hmm. conversation, um, you know, I try not to look at anything in life as neither good nor just bad. You know, there's always somewhat of an in-between and a balance to be made there. Um, so for social media specifically, you know, I think it's like anything, you know, y- you you dive too deep into it and I think it can be really destructive and you know, and maybe if it's just something you neglect altogether, you might miss out on a lot of really um, cool opportunities and uh, 
you know, ways of self-expression. So for me, you know, social media has been monumental in my um, success so far. You know, it's a way for me to share my music and I'll let people get to know who I am as an artist and um, share my creativity and um, kind of share who I am as the person. And like I said, self-expression, I think that's a really incredible tool to have and communication um, that, you know, humans didn't necessarily have to this this level before um but like anything in life you know you let it consume you and i think you're going to start to see you know there can be some negative sides to it of course um you know there's obviously some really dark sides of social media and you know i think it's you know either the jobs of the parents to monitor that for their kids or your job as an adult to you know you know figure out what you want to spend your time diving in on um so you know i kind of see it like that man and especially with mental health it's like it's a lot of stuff on social media that I think you got to take with a grain of salt and, um, you know, really, you know, search within yourself and maybe just take a step outside, breathe some fresh air and, you know, figure out, you know, what's really meaningful to you because a lot of what's on social media, I know it's like, so like everybody knows this, but nobody wants to like, nobody acts on it. It's like, you know, it's all, it's all just a portrait. It's a painting of what people want you to see. You know what I mean? Right. It's like when I I don't post pictures of myself crying in bed when I'm depressed, you know what I mean? You know, maybe some people do, but right. Too many people I think do like it's, well, yeah, maybe. I I think it's like so many people are like, look at every single thing happening in my life every second of the day. And it's like, do we really all need to like, it's a product of that reality generation. I think where everyone, not everyone, but there's a lot of people that live their life that way. And it's just like, man, you need to keep things for yourself. You need to have your own, space and time i think that's important yeah i i definitely agree with that but you know like i was saying i think there's also maybe a positive to be found there because maybe this you know there might be some kids out there that um don't have the best uh didn't have the best upbringing maybe don't have really positive role models and maybe there are people online that they never would have met in person that were actually able to give them really solid advice or help them in a way that their parents never were so it's like right you know i don't i don't want to necessarily count it out as a bad thing necessarily because you know I've gotten some pretty incredible DMs and comments from fans that I've connected with on how my music and some of the statements I've made have really helped um, helped them in their personal growth and through some really dark phases through their life. So it's like, you know, I kind of think about it like, like I said, you know, you, you, you dive too deep, you could end up in a bad space, but, you know, maybe if it's something you push off altogether, you could be missing out on something that's really um, incredible. So I think I think balance with that type of stuff is key and, I think a lot of right. people do struggle with that, and I urge everybody, like I said, to, to every once in a while, take a step outside, breathe some fresh air, and you know, evaluate what's really important to you as a person. Right. It, what's um, yeah, and especially as an artist, you do tend to have. I mean, when you get a social media following and you have fans, I think that it becomes more of. I mean, of course, anybody has the right to put anything out there. Well, not anything, but you know, I mean, yeah, if you yeah. want to show to everything degree, yeah, that your dog you does all day long. That's your right. And people can watch or not. But as an artist, like it almost becomes more of a responsibility in a sense. I mean, even if you don't see it that way, because you are, in fact, influencing and connecting with people. Right. So that's and that's very powerful. Right. And so when when you're doing that in that way and they, there's something to be gained for them, I think that's great. Um, one thing I was going to ask, you know, we say take take a step outside a deep breath. What are some things you do outside of music? Like what are your hobbies away from when you're not writing and, and living this life? Yeah, man. I mean, as of recently, I mean, it, it's, it hasn't been much besides, <laughs> I mean, it's been a lot yeah. of music, you know, I think any artist that really wants to make it will tell you that, you know, you got to really put your 
50 mm-hmm. percent into it you know there's no like you can't leave a single percent out because someone else will put it in so it's like you know really a lot of it has been just music but um a lot of things that i really do enjoy like i was you know growing up in hawaii i'm obviously like really fond of the ocean and being outside and nature and you know experiencing the world for its natural beauty you know it's always been really important to me um so you know spending time outside whether it's hiking or going to the beach or something like that has always been you know something i feel like is good for me my physical and mental health and um i'm but i'm also like on the flip side i'm really really nerdy and uh i absolutely just am obsessed with like anime and um comic books and uh all sorts of crazy fantasy lores and so i I spend a lot of my time you know diving into the you know youtube rabbit holes about that type of stuff and watching tv shows and playing video games with my friends um so you know I, you know, in high school too, though, I was really in the, I was really in the volleyball as well. So I've, you know, I've also been pretty athletic growing up, um, played a lot of volleyball in high school and I got really into fitness and lifting for a while. And, um, that's still something I try to like, you know, keep within my regiment, um, not to as extreme extent as I did in high school, but, uh, yeah, man, I think, you know, being active, um, exploring all sorts of creative sides to yourself and, uh, you know, like I said, finding a balance and things for me, that's kind of been really important but yeah i don't know music music has just kind of taken over everything <laughs> yeah no that's great like you said though especially right now you're out there you're doing it you're living it and you got to give it your all so i mean of course you know like you're so right about that man you have to put every single ounce of everything into it and um yeah i some of the greatest advice or i guess uh, just general statement i ever heard was when my grandma said um you know everything in moderation <laughs> right it's just uh yeah man balance 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 so many things are about balance um so vic you got anything to add you got anything to add you look pensive over there now Vic's like really <laughs> thinking about on this oh no i was just going through some uh some really cool stoic th- uh, quotes that i've run across lately the last few days Oh, let's let's you know, get some they, enlightening quotes right now. <laughs> so, yeah, my that whole make the wor- make your world small, right? Um, you know, if you if you I subscribe to the Daily Stoic, so I get all these little Stoic thoughts throughout the day that just kind of help me focus. Um, one I really liked the other day was we suffer more in imagination than in reality, right? So I thought that was a really cool quote. It's from Seneca. Um, Marcus Aurelius has some really cool stuff, too. And then uh, I saw another quote today where somebody said, I think a lot of 99% of people's problems can be solved by breathing, uh, keeping quiet, and walking. So I thought that was a cool one. Yeah, yeah man, dude. I think that thing you said about, um, you know, suffering more in your imagination, I, that's something I talk about in my music all the time. You know, um, I, I have a ton of lyrics about being stuck in your head and, um, you know, kind of feeling trapped within your own mental psyche. Um, That's been, I think for me, that's been one of my biggest struggles and kind of what led me down certain paths of addiction and destructive behavior was, you know, trying to figure out ways to shut my brain off or just forcefully get myself out of, you know, these pits that I would put myself in internally. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned through music and just through personal growth and, you know, getting a little bit more mature has definitely been, yeah, like to kind of let let yourself you know experience more than just what's going on in your head i mean it's a lot easier said than done i know that for a lot of people i know that for myself and um but yeah i always i always um 
encourage people to, you know, try your best just to appreciate what you do got and what, you know, what's right in front of you because a lot of times those demons, you know, they feed off of things that aren't even there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You'll beat yourself when it's almost, a, it is kind of concocted in your mind. I know, I think I dealt with that a lot in my younger years and it never like goes away. But one thing I've noticed about myself, and, and this is just a general observation most of the time if i don't want to do something and i'm kind of beating my in my head i'm like what are you doing it looks stupid or this or that and then i just go do it and go through it then you actually come out of that and you feel good right you're like ah that wasn't so bad that was cool i feel good i'm glad i sucked it up and did it and then just stew in this you know whatever was going on in my head and and not leave the house and i think it's really important that you just gotta that that's with anything in life it's like what you did getting on that plane you know you just gotta go for it man you know, and put yourself there and deal with it. And 99, you know, out of 100 times, it's usually probably not as bad as we've created in our minds, right? And that's just a rabbit hole, like everything that, that can just keep going. Another thing, when you said something about, you know, walking and outdoors, I read a quote once, or something along the lines of, uh, you know, you should, everyone should, should med- it was either walk or maybe meditate, you know, meditate mm-hmm. for 30 minutes a day unless you're too busy then you should do it for an hour. And I thought that was such a great quote, you know, because it's so true, right? It's like, because if you can't kind of center yourself, get focused and figure out what you're trying to do, there is no amount of time. You're never going to have the time, right? Yeah. Mar- Marcus Aurelius yeah, has a really cool quote. And, uh, What's up? Oh, his is, uh, you have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. And, uh, that, that kind of feeds into a phrase that I've been following the last few months, memento mori, right? So Latin for is a reminder that you too will will die someday, right? So mm-hmm. kind of the just keep that in mind and do what you can. Um, focus on yourself. And like you said, I think focusing on yourself has a lot of benefits because uh, when you do that, people see you know, kind of that self-confidence that I think a lot of people are lacking today, right? Because they're just kind of just stuck in their phones or they're just stuck in their own head, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you know. And it's easy. Uh, yeah, it's easier that way. Go ahead. I really, Yeah, I was just going to say a really um, simple piece of advice I got a long time ago and something that I always tell friends and other people that, um, you know, are dealing with some things that I've dealt with or, you know, maybe even something different. I say, you know, take a piece of paper make a list, you know, good and bad, you know, it could just be simple as that and just write down everything. You know what I mean? Even if the good things are so random, like, you know, I saw a cool TV show yesterday or I saw a cute dog, you know, whatever. And then, you know, even if the bad list is bigger, you know, you write more bad things down, you know, t- kind of reflect on that and realize, you know, how many of those things start with I, I don't like how I look. I'm fat. I'm this, I'm that, you know what I mean? And start, you know, and I think that for me, that was a really um, eye opener for me was like, oh, wow, like one, there's a lot more good things going on than I realized. And now that it's on a piece of paper, that makes it way more real. And, you know, it kind of helps you get out of your head as well. And, um, you know, and then, re- and then on the opposite end, you can realize like how a lot of the things that are kind of torturing you the most, you know, you realize how self-inflicted some of these things are and you know, of course, everybody's has a different, uh, you know, everyone's in a different circumstance. So it's like, you know, some, some people are in way gnarlier situations than I am. And, you know, I don't want to sound like, um, you know, everything can be fixed so simply, but, uh, you know, I think just, just for simple advice, you know, it's really good to write things down and kind of look at the bigger picture and have something material in front of you that you can feel and touch and, 
you know, I just think writing in general is a great way to kind of uh, express yourself and let shit out. Yeah, I like that. And then I think uh, to add to that, I think I've, I've also heard that if you cross out the things you don't have any control over, then it just kind of makes the list smaller. Yeah, yeah, that's Gives you a little absolutely. bit more control. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was a discovery for me relatively late uh, in the game where, and I think it's, it's so, right, because like you said, everyone's got shit in their life and it's easy to look at things black and white all the time. I think we're so guilty yeah, yeah. as, you know, nowadays you have point fingers and immediately everyone's just, I say everyone, I'm, this is something I learned from a counselor, like don't, don't speak so broadly, right? Everyone, this, that, no, it's like some people, sometimes I, sometimes, like, well, you know, it's so easy to just like, paint a picture of someone without knowing anything about them, right? Maybe someone hears one song and they have this huge, they don't know you, right? Or me or Vic or anybody. And it's like that realization right there that we're all humans and we're all complicated. We all have good things and bad things and a history and a past. And, 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 but, but it was, you know, everything we're talking about, just the the discovery and realization that there's so much lives in your own mind and you actually have way more control than you may ever realize right but that it starts with you and this all yeah, kind of absolutely. bleeds together with uh you know get sometimes you just got to get outside of of your comfort zone you know and and step outside of yourself and like you said write it down or go for a walk or meditate or whatever and just really kind of sort things out i think just that release and perspective is is a great start and then when you can develop that realization like it sounds like you have about well this is what i want and I can and I can go for it, make this happen. I, no one's going to stop me, but me, right? Yeah, that's kind of the idea there. Absolutely, so. you know. So a lot of my songs too. It's like you know, I try not to blame other people, and it's more about you know me uh, taking responsibility actually for my actions and um, for my mistakes, and you know, acknowledging them. And uh, you know, I think that for me was one of the biggest steps as well as you know, as far as getting better mentally and uh, moving past some. Uh, difficult habits and addiction that kind of aspects of my life, you know, was just take, taking a step back and taking responsibility, you know what right. I mean? So like, it's, you know, kind of taking control of your own destiny. I think that was a big thing for me. Like, you know, I might not apply to everybody, but it's been a big part of my story. So, you know, something I'm pretty passionate about. Right. <clears throat> um, well, cool. We're, um, I don't know, Vic, we, I feel like this has been pretty good and pretty concise. And, uh, we know we, I, I, I've made a commitment to myself to not ramble on forever. (laughs) Maybe we can wrap up, but I always like to ask, like, what's your favorite food? I like, I don't know why I want to know cuisine. Favorite food. Okay. I will. Okay. So my mom is super Italian. Um, my dad's super Irish, but I live in Hawaii. So I have like a couple favorite dishes from like each kind of, uh, you know, haggis spaghetti stuffed in a coconut. Was... <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't combine them. But um, so as far as Hawaii, is it haggis goes, Scottish? I mean, oh well, whatever. What do I know? Shit. <laughs> Irish. My bad. Irish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I love. I absolutely. You know, we just passed St. Patrick's Day, but um, I absolutely love corned beef and uh, um, steamed cabbage with um, you know, mm. some good old mashed potatoes. Um, you know, I grew up, grew up eating all, you know, eating that stuff with my grandparents and my dad. So absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite foods. Um, and then on my mom's side of the family, they make just incredible pastas. Um, I absolutely love lasagna. I'm like Garfield, um, love lasagna. Always been one of my favorite dishes. And, um, but I'm also, since I've lived in Hawaii, I 
I eat a lot of sushi and like raw fish too. So, oh uh, man, I love sushi. It's so yeah, good. those are those are probably my three. You know, some form yeah. of pasta, sushi, and uh, corned beef. Man, the stuff is good. Does your mom, man? Speaking of lasagna, I got to call Sarah in here for a minute. Hold on. <laughs> but did, does your mom make like homemade? Like, does she like do the whole? Oh yeah, straight up? yeah, yeah. She she's really Legit. traditional with her cooking. She makes. I I grew up, I grew up my whole life with like you know. Family dinners, family home cooked meals, like you know, <laughs> if mom makes dinner, you eat the whole thing. Like, there's no like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I I, I respect that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's just kind of how my parents were raised, and that's kind of how me and my siblings were raised as well. So, but yeah, now that now that I'm out here eating Uber Eats every day, I realize how much I miss my mom's home cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like kids are the worst. I like because when you're like a, a kid, will be like, I want McDonald's and I want your home, no, exactly. and then you're just like, dude, McDonald's is crap, bro. Like, I know. You'll appreciate this food you're not wanting one day. That's I marketing know, I feel that so got bad. you. I feel so yeah. bad for all those years of complaining, and now I'm like, please take me back. <laughs> yeah, please cook for me. Exactly. Um, and I gotta hang on a sec here. Let's see if she complies. I'm trying to text. This is ridiculous. Like, since you mentioned lasagna, hold on. <laughs> Here we go. We're down a rabbit hole. Yeah, lasagna. It's either going to be like food or it's uh, bad movies that are good. Like movies that are so bad they're good. Those are usually the questions that pop up. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, I, I was thinking another question we could probably ask is what's your favorite movie soundtrack? Oh yeah, favorite movie like, soundtrack, mm. like Blues Brothers or what was the Arnold Schwarzenegger one that had like Megadeth, Anthrax? Oh, uh, dude, like oh, uh, Last uh, Action Hero, Last Action Hero, Alice yeah. in Chains, like that was a great soundtrack. Beavis and Butthead do America back in the day. Oh, that had a really good one too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean that's hard. I mean, I I, lo- I I absolutely love movies. I watch so many movies. Um, favorite soundtrack? That's hard. Um. I feel like sometimes I don't even uh, appreciate how good the soundtrack is while watching the movie, and then they release the soundtrack as an album. I'm like, wow, there's some really good songs in here. Yeah. Um, like James so Gunn's hard. movies have some pretty awesome songs in them. Just all the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's cool when modern, like really modern um, movies, you know, have some like real good uh, old school songs thrown in there and some classic hits. I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, I just watched uh, I just watched the the new Batman movie, which had actually a pretty cool tra- uh, soundtrack. They had like Nirvana in there as like the main theme song. I think I heard um, about that. Who who yeah. is the new Batman? Who's playing? Oh, Robert that? Pattinson. <laughs> uh, okay. the, the guy from Twilight. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Are right, you the- ready for this? We'll, we'll get back on this subject. But you guys ready for this? This is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. I'm gonna knock my microphone over. Oh fuck it, product. We're advertising for somebody's shit. Look at this thing. Look at this. Whoa, what are we looking at here? Twelve serves twelve. <laughs> Where'd you get that thing? My fiance, I guess, didn't realize she was gonna be feeding an army and like just ordered this lasagna that like she thought like like yeah, look at that. Oh look my god. That. There you go. That's how you should co- I'm not fucking around with this. I cannot dig. No, I cannot no wait to dig into that, dude. It looks amazing. I'm actually gonna make it like a. I'm actually gonna try. I'm gonna try to see if we can eat that whole thing. Anyway, you said lasagna, and I was like, dude, I'm I'm about to. Now that's not. 
your mother's lasagna. I know I get that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, dude, it's all, I get I get the Costco lasagna all the time. That stuff's good. Yeah, it is, man. Um, yeah, Vic. So soundtracks. Uh, yeah, start checking out some soundtracks, dude. That's one thing I like. Got more and more into as well as just like film scores, man. Um, yeah, yeah. There's so many fantastic film scores out there, and and it's cool too because like bands. I love band like when they open. You know, Metallica opens every show now with uh, "Ecstasy of Gold" by Ennio Morricone. I think is his name. I always have a. And that dude did the Hateful Eight soundtrack and won an Academy Award. Then he like died a few years later. But that dude was famous for this. Here's a something for you. Spaghetti Westerns, right? He was a famous composer with all those classic spaghetti yeah. Westerns. And clean- you know why they're called Spaghetti Westerns? Did we talk about this? I don't Never. think we talked about it, but. So they were called they were Spaghetti. Filmed. Yeah, because they filmed them in Italy because it was cheaper. Yeah. And so they got they ended up getting the title Spaghetti Western. I never knew that. It was kind of cool. Well, there, there's that whole so, bit on uh, on that last Tarantino movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you know Rick Dalton goes to Italy to film a western, right? And some other oh, really? Movies. Is just, that Leonardo like DiCaprio? Yeah. Is that DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I love that. The best scene I thought in that movie was like Tarantino is so good at building suspense, like when he went to the trailer or we went into the Manson. Have you seen that movie? I'm guessing maybe not. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Who 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 stars it's Tarantino? It? It's like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's I feel like, like I, I must have seen it then, but um, yeah. I don't know. The name doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I feel like I, I really haven't dove too deep into like movie soundtracks. I feel like I, I don't appreciate them enough. Like I feel like you don't even realize how important music in a movie is. Like if you took like, it out, like, it'd be that, weird, right? That's yeah, what I'm saying. If you took all out emotions. all the, if you took out all the, the 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 music, it would be like so dry, right? And so bland. Um, so it's like, yeah, I feel like it's hard to appreciate sometimes. But that's really interesting. I should look more into that. Yeah, I had a buddy like years back that I uh, lived over in England. I actually met out in LA, and then I went over to England and stayed with him and his family for a bit. Mm-hmm. And he kind of—I mean, not that I always lo- I always loved movies, you know. And of course, you're, everyone knows like Star Wars and famous, you know, theme songs, yeah. and stuff, But like melodies and stuff. But like he would just do all these composers, and he had the, all these soundtracks, and I was just like, wow! And it really kind of like made me, I think, more conscious of like that aspect of music too, right? We're talking about all these different genres and just these film composers who just have these insane catalogs of like the, you know, and talk about iconic works that like everybody has heard, right? Like without even realizing it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and everybody can all kind of know John Williams and certain composers, but there's, there's so much fantastic um, film score music. Well, what last question now that we're on this subject, actually, and we won't make you do the Bermuda triangle bands because of your, your answer earlier. <laughs> We're not going to do. We're not going to do that to you. <laughs> we'll have this. Okay, let me just tell you the premise. Stupid, but it was like so. Vic and I came up with this thing where it was like, "What are your like?" We were like, "What are your favorite bands?" And then like, "What are your least favorite bands?" Like the kind of bands that you just mm-hmm. wish could go on a cruise exclusively to the Bermuda Triangle, and so like no one would ever return. have to hear their atrocious yeah. music except for other <laughs> atrocious bands. But we won't make you answer that. Um, but what, back to high school, I guess, or middle, whenever you were doing not only music, but you were doing like theater, you said, right? So like yeah, acting, yeah. were you like inspired by, because I know I did a little of that early in high school and we, I, 
I regret to say, like so many classes, I didn't really pay attention. It was like kind of goof off time. But we did some plays and watched some musicals and stuff. Were you inspired by musicals and that type of art yeah, form too? Absolutely. And that kind of music, think, you know. Before I kind of really like wanted to be like a, I guess a, a singer slash performer in the music world. My my kind of first childhood dream was actually to be an actor, like a movie star. Um, so my kind of you know, I've always been super ambitious with you know the stuff I'm into. So it's like, even when I was like really young, I was like, oh, like if I'm gonna be a movie star, like I gotta start doing plays now. Like so, I start, I got yeah. really into doing like you know theater, and that kind of led me into musical theater, and um. But yeah, man, that was like kind of my first like real dive into um, performing music live and um, learning about like music arrangements and, um, you know, that's kind of my first experience with entertaining in general, um, besides like putting on like little plays in the living room for my parents when I was like, yeah. you know, nine years old. But um, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I absolutely love theater. Um, I love Broadway and stuff like that. Um, I... Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to like the Hamilton stuff. I've heard um, a little bit of Hamilton. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's an incredible project and play and story in general. Um, so yeah, I mean that's definitely been something that I've uh, always really loved and you know have a lot of appreciation for it. Something I discovered, um, like I said, when I was in high school, I don't think I was ready for. I kind of was kind of goof around and not really pay that much attention. But like, uh, but I did always enjoy like entertaining. So I did like you know the times that we were on stage. But um, I think you get so much out of that. And later down the line, right, and actually going to New York and Broadway finally and seeing some stuff and like um, Book of Mormon. Have you seen that one? Like the from no, the South Park guys. Oh my God, dude, that is one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. And the music is absolutely brilliant. But when I watched that and then I saw that I actually, and I, I never saw any stuff when I was younger. I think I saw the Nutcracker when I was a kid, but like, uh, you know, uh, a Mozart opera or, mm -hmm. you know, Phantom of the Opera or something. I haven't seen a lot of Broadway stuff, but just from actually the few musicals that I've seen, and I would highly recommend Book of Mormon, the few that I've seen. And then also from like having students that got into that were like great singer natural singers and kind of working with them and actually learning some of the um stuff for like auditions and stuff i was like dude i it is such high level the compositions are so phenomenal because you're moving with everything and there's just modulations and key changes and so i i actually think for someone like you i would almost think even if it was subconscious you know you probably got some some pretty cool stuff, not only from the entertaining aspect of that, but just from the, having that type of music seep into you now Absolutely. in your arranging of your own music. I think you have, even in a simple, um, compact pop song, there's a lot of interesting ear candy and elements happening. And I, I think that that's what Broadway, that kind of composing really does well. Right. Because you have Absolutely. to, right. Well, you know, and it so, yeah, I have you a, a lot. high level of respect for that. Yeah. It teaches you a lot without, you know, maybe even at the time you don't even realize it. Um, but, you know, you're, you're not only are you singing and moving and dancing and, you know, doing all this choreographed stuff um, and, um, you know, obviously performing in front of people, which is, I think, you know, breaking that fear of uh, being in right. front of people. For me at a young age, it's just been like such a good thing in my life, um, just in, throughout what, everything I've done. Um, but, um, yeah, for the music specifically, man... Um, you know, you 
you learn about harmonies and singing different keys and um, matching pitch and tone. And, um, you know, because a lot of these songs are a little bit more classic and traditional. But, um, you know, a lot of these elements that make a great classic song are still things that you put into a great pop song. You know, when I record, uh, you know, a pop punk, pop rock alternative song, you know, I'll have harmonies in there and I'll add different vocal layers. And sometimes I'll do high harmonies and low harmonies. And, you know, these are, these are things that, you know, go into adding dimension and dynamic to a song that might already have great lyrics, but, you know, to give it that really powerful, wide, big feeling that you might want, especially for a chorus or a hook, you know, you want to add things like that. And, um, you know, that's stuff I've been kind of pre preemptively learning since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, I think that, definitely played a huge role into my ability to kind of uh, make these songs come to life without really knowing traditionally what I was doing. Yeah. If yeah. That, you know, I, if that I makes think sense. so, man. Yeah, think, it know, absolutely makes sense. I, get instilled in you. Yeah. 100%. And I think, uh, I think that's awesome, man. And super relevant dude. Um, let's see. Best place. Uh, you've got a website. Is it a dot com? I looked at it earlier, but I forgot if it was, uh, is it, is it uh, LukeRaven.com? What's your website? Yeah, so my um, my official website is just lukeraven.com. Um, I spell Raven, R-E-Y-V-N, um, but it's pronounced like the bird, so in case anybody gets confused. Um, so yeah, just lukeraven.com, and then you can find me on basically all socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, um, all streaming platforms, all the same at Luke Raven. Um, so yeah, pretty simple. And the new single that comes out April 8th, you said, right? Yes, sir. April 8th. What's the name of that track? That song is called Another Day. Um, yeah, it's a pretty incredible single, and I'm super excited for everybody to hear it. Right. Another Day, single being released with a music video. You heard it here first, yep, maybe. Yep. Who knows when this will come out? <laughs> well, I think we'll try to get I this out be before out. April 8th. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we'll see how relevant that piece was. But. <laughs> Luke Raven, I'm glad you spelled that. Luke Raven, R-E-Y-V-N, everybody. Go check out his music on whatever platform you listen to. Really, really cool stuff, man. Um, new single for, uh, coming out April 8th. Looking forward to that in the video. And, dude, best of luck and success to you, man. Like, cool story. Really dig your tunes. It was a pleasure having you on here. Thanks for coming on and talking to us, man. Yeah, thank you so much, you guys. It was an absolute honor and uh, had a great time. Cool, man. When I'm on tour in Jersey, uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna l- let me know what your mom's number is, so I can go get some homemade uh, lasagna. <laughs> I might still be full from this lasagna, but uh, yeah, you might you might still be digesting that. But it's um, <laughs> a hold me for the whole thing. Yeah, I got cool. you. All right, everybody. You. That uh, concludes another episode of Eclectic Soundtracks podcast with Skunk Manhattan and Victor Ramos. Uh, be good. Take care of yourselves. Until next time. Later. Hey folks, that concludes another episode of the podcast. Guest links will be available in the show notes. We'd like to thank our friends at Top Shelf Music for showcasing the podcast on their site. Be sure and check them out at topshelfmusicmag.com for the latest music news, reviews, and events. We'd also like to thank the folks over at Tragen Guitars, Golden Guitars, Ernie Ball Strings, and Five Iron Woodworks. Have a great week, and catch you on the next one.